Hi, this is Charlie Wynn from I'm a Friend, and you're listening to the Dan Cure Wellness Project Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to episode 25 of the Dan Kiel Wellness Project podcast and I want to give a massive shout out to Miss Paula McLaughlin. I hope you're well Paula and Merry Christmas to you for connecting me with this wonderful man I'm sitting with in my mom's kitchen in Salons here today. I would like to introduce everybody who listens to the podcast to Mr. Charlie Wynn. Charlie is the founder of the I'm a Friend Anti-Bullying Initiative and He's here to talk to me today, obviously about wellness, because we talk about that every week on the podcast. But what I'm most interested in is, Charlie, how did you come up with the idea for I'm a Friend? And what was the driving force behind it? I came up with the idea for I'm a Friend, Dan, because of a personal need. I needed to stop bullying in my life. And if you like, it might seem a little bit late because at the time I was 60 years of age and I had just lost my business to somebody that exercised bullying in its most severe form. And as a consequence of that, I almost paid the ultimate price. And that's not easy to say, especially when you are, well, at that stage, I was a a dad to five children and I was a granddad and I was an employer and I was somebody that people sort of... I won't say I looked up to because I don't think that would be the case, but they certainly looked to me for advice and uh, for employment as well. Yeah. And I was proud of what I had achieved up to that stage of my life. So out of something so dark for you grew this amazing initiative, I'm a Friend. Um, could you tell the listeners, I guess, what does I'm a Friend actually mean? Well, when I started to, to understand what had happened to me and if it could happen again, I realized that there was no mechanism out there to prevent somebody from doing what had just happened to me time and time again. Mm. And I needed to create something that would send a a signal that would state, I'm a friend, I'm not a bully. Mm. And if I'm not a bully, nor should you bully me. Mm. And that was where it, it came about. But I needed the symbolization to create a symbolization that would remind people, stop. Like a stop sign, big stop sign. And the yeah. big stop sign is not that big in my world. Mm. It is a watchful eye which looks out for you, which is our our symbol. Mm. We used to call it a logo, but now we call it our symbol. And when it's worn on the lapel, it is pretty much like a pioneer pin. And what we do know about a pioneer pin, any of us that's old enough, which you're certainly not, Dan, <laughs> uh, is that the people who wore a pioneer pin wore it with great pride. And as a consequence of that, wherever it was evident, let it be in a pub situation uh, or where there was drink to be being served or to be had, uh, that signal meant that that person chose not to drink. Mm. And we never saw them being forced or coerced or bullied into drinking. Mm. And people showed great respect of what their what their values were. Yeah. So I would like, and it never was my intention setting out to create I'm a friend, to, to branch into what was already there. Yeah. But it was a great model. So why why re- reinvent the wheel? Yeah. So yeah. our symbolization is that we're a friend. And I think when you say that to, to somebody, it has sort of defined you. That you're prepared to say to somebody, perhaps you don't know them very well. Mm. But then if we define what's a friend. Mm. A friend is somebody, I believe, you haven't made an enemy of yet. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think um, what Charlie's talking about, guys, is the... The symbolism of I'm a friend and those of you who have clicked in through my Facebook page, the Dan Kiel Wellness Project will have seen the I and it's not a logo guys, it is a symbol, symbolization, which is much different as Charlie said from a logo um, and it's, is it a case of being open minded to everybody you meet in terms of you know who you are as a person, obviously anybody who's interested in your initiative is not, is not going to be engaging in bullying and has that 
kind of they hold that belief in the core of themselves. So does the eye represent an open mindedness to everybody you meet? It 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 does in a sense, but it, but uh, the main purpose of the eye when I was creating it was it was a watchful eye looking out for you, because that's mm. what friends do. Friends look out for each other. Yeah. And we didn't want. I didn't want to make it complicated because as soon as ever, and and sometimes people have actually told me that it, it is a greater trick and it takes greater wisdom, says he, taking about to create something that is very simple. Yeah. That everybody will say, well, should have thought that, I could have thought that myself and all that. And if you think that way around, I'm a friend, it's fantastic. And mm. please have an input into making I'm a friend better. Yeah. Because I'm a friend will never be a completed project. Yes. Because it is about inclusiveness. And as soon as ever you talk about including others, mm. you can never shut your mind or your heart out to yeah. the input that others may have that may be way, way more significant than anything I could ever create. Yeah. And what I love about the idea of wearing the pin on the lapel is it's just over your heart. Yes. You know, so I, I have this imagery in my mind at the moment of, you know, somebody who may be suffering or somebody who may be the victim of bullying and, you know, maybe sometime in the future when I'm a friend has grown all sorts of legs and is worldwide and they may be suffering and they may see that pain on someone's heart and that's that person's heart opening up to them through through the pain. And I really love that image, you know. Well, I'll tell you a great experience I had since uh, I'm a friend was launched and it was launched in April last, April, sorry, yeah, April last this year. And... Um, Somebody was over here and they were listening to the Sean O'Rourke show, uh, radio program, and they got to know a bit about I'm a friend and they went back to London and they took to their company there this notion, an idea, that it would have, it would have, a, it would be a good fit with what they do, which is transportation of people. And mm. what surprised me, and, and, and I found it absolutely amazing when I went across to meet some of the people there when they told me what their interpretation of it was. And they said that it would be a hugely important mechanism for them as a company that when people may be getting off of one of their buses, that the driver might be displaying the I'm a friend badge mm. and say goodnight to somebody. Because when you take into account the number of people who self-harm, mm. maybe the driver could be the last person that 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 would have spoke to them. Yeah. So they had actually developed in their mind's eye a fit for I'm a friend within their organization. So something clicked with and them when, yes, when they heard it. Yes, yes. And, and that's very, very humbling for me to think that somebody can take this initiative and, and make it better themselves. And mind mm. you, and I'm prepared to say this because if it's a thing, we go around and we're so protective of this we can't let other people in. Yeah. Like, we're going nowhere. But that's the opposite of the whole idea of it anyway, isn't it? Well, it's, that's it's, so it's, true. It's not exclusive. It's not exclusive. It's utterly inclusive. It's inclusive. And, and if you're going to be a friend, other people must have a voice. I started at the beginning, wanting I'm a friend to give me a voice. Mm -hmm. And that's all. That was my singular focus. Because I didn't bring uh, an acumen to this that is in psychology and all of that. I would know I've known a certain amount about psychology and how it works because I was in management and in sales for years and years and years, mm. and um, I realised that there was more people out there and there was, that my thinking could step over that boundary and help them without I having all of those uh, qualifications in that mm. people such as yourself has, and I'm very much in admiration of people. Because I have people on my team that are involved as well in the welfare and the welfare of the mind, which is a very, very complex, um, yeah, very, very, very complex subject. Yeah, it is, and a very vast subject, and also a very subjective subject. Yeah. And what I will say to you is, you don't need qualifications. And I've been saying this on my podcast. This podcast, as you well know, Charlie, is about wellness, and it's about each person's individual view of how they feel better on a day-to-day -day basis and throughout all the guests that have come on over the last five six months I have taken something different from each person's experience you know so having 
qualifications is great for employment purposes I believe and for education purposes and you know you, you expand your mind and but what you're describing there to me is something that everybody has in them and that's a desire to be loved a desire to love a desire to be friends to connect with others a desire to be their fullest selves on a day-to-day -day basis I see this podcast and your initiatives goals as aligned in that way so with me setting up the wellness project podcast it would be to even make that drop in the ocean difference mm -hmm. to one person as you said that person who's getting off the bus who might have self-harmed or committed suicide that night, yes. but they saw the I'm yes. a Friend yes. um, symbolization. I was going to yes. say logo there. Yes. Didn't trip up. Didn't right. trip up. Um, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And, and a lot of people have come back to me. Now, it wouldn't be in as serious terms as that, but they might say like they were having the worst week or the worst month or the worst yes. year, yes. and something twigged for them. Yeah. And I truly believe that that's going to happen with this episode as well. So I think that there's a beautiful merging of values with what you're doing, what I'm doing, you know. Just coming in on the back of what you, you were saying there, mm. I think one of the big mistakes now, I, I, I suffer myself with how I feel in my mind mm. a, a lot, <clears throat> and a lot more than I would uh, ever express to others. Yeah, we, We're all about protecting others from what it is within ourselves that we think might they might be uncomfortable with. Mm. But one of the things that we are all guilty of, and that is protecting others when they don't necessarily need protection. Yeah. What they actually need is inspiration. Ooh. And down the years through business, I have been at an awful lot of motivational, listening to motivational speakers, uh, paid money to hear people motivate. And after hearing more than I would care to admit to having heard. <laughs> I came away from them and I started to think, <clears throat> one week later, or certainly a month later, there's nothing that somebody else would have told me by way of inspiration that I have retained, that I carry, that I bring into my everyday life. Mm. And we all know that it's scientifically proved that you have to do something 23 consecutive days mm. for it to be habit forming. So we never do that with regards to motivational stuff because you dip in, you dip out. Yeah. But what happens is it's nearly like a diet. You're oftener dipped out than you're dipped in. It's on a needs basis. On a needs basis. The one thing that I would like, I'm a friend to do, is people to take it into their heart and put themselves up in front of the mirror and sort of say, what can I'm a friend do for me? Mm. I would like people to be a friend to themselves first. And the greatest motivational speaker that can ever come into your life is you. Mm. We're very hesitant, and I'm not saying it's an Irish thing, entirely Irish, but we here in Ireland suffer very much from an inferiority complex. Yes, we, we like to think that somebody else is better than me. And while we think that, what happens is we condition our minds to it, mm. and we actually believe it, which is not the case. Mm. And I, I, I've come across people in recent times, through I'm a friend, and you know, I, I, it has opened up doors and channels uh, that, it, such as meeting with you and having this yeah. opportunity that without I'm a friend would never happen. One of the things that has come out of this is the people I would be very much in awe of turn around and they tell me that what I have, what I have created with the help of others, which is I'm a friend. Bear in mind what you've just said to me about us Irish having an inferiority complex. So you've backed yourself into a corner here. Well, yeah, yeah, and I like that. And thanks very much for this. Um, I hope this uh, therapy session is not costing me. Uh, <laughs> no, I, 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 I get your point. But then I, I think that if I'm not totally honest in how I answer that, uh, I'm a shyster and I don't want to be that. Uh, I've, I find great difficulty with it because I, I grew up... Uh, never expecting anybody to ever say, Charlie, what you've done is good, what you've done is brilliant, or anything like that. And maybe that's because I never done anything that was brilliant. Or, but now when I meet people who I greatly admire and they tell me that what I, I've, what we have done, I shouldn't say I because the, lots of people have had a contribution to what it is I'm a friend's about. When you get the compliments, how does that make you feel? 
Well, it makes me feel that I'm not worthy, mm. but um, it's 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 difficult. It's it's something that hap <clears throat> when it happens, you sort of feel well. I never expected. I grew up in a society that didn't compliment others, and especially when you were young. Uh, and I think creativity, especially you know, in in my experience, is very much hampered by lack of paying compliments and yeah. uh, we sort of think that when, when you have a child you encourage them to, to, to walk and you give them a little round of applause. I have grandkids and I look at how they're developing and they walk or they use a potty and you give them a round of applause and very soon after you tell them to sit down and shut up. You know, and, uh, Charlie, were you not uh, given a round of applause then uh, when you were on the potty? Uh, probably a kick. <laughs> well, you were but, sharing it with how many others? Eleven others, uh, and you never got a lot of time. Dan Daniel, do we really want to go down this road? No, no. no as you said yourself earlier, this is not a therapy session. No, 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 it's not. But uh, no, I, I think uh, we send out mixed signals to people, and, and we're, we're very much inclined to not tell people what we think. Mm. And what I mean by that is that if we think something good, uh, we're not inclined to share that with others. But if they've done something wrong, straight away everybody's in there like a lamplight yeah. to put them down. I hear what you're saying, and I, I, you know, that wouldn't be my approach. It's not your approach. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying on that note is that we are two Irish men talking about wellness on a dark and dreary Saturday afternoon in Kildare. We are two Irish men talking about anti-bullying on a dark and dreary Saturday afternoon in Kildare. And I would wager that there are far more people with our mindset, particularly males in Ireland who never get a chance to speak their mind because of the reasons you just mentioned, yeah. because of the reasons that you wouldn't feel inclined to take a compliment, because lads don't give each other compliments and it's very endemic in our Irish society and I have a lot of listeners from the UK, Canada and America and all over the world who would share that as well. They have that experience in their own culture. Yeah. So, you know, I do agree with everything you're saying there but it's time that that changes and I think that I'm a friend is burrowing in to that, that little nugget of change that needs to happen. Yeah. I mean, we've seen the work that Brezzi has done in terms of yeah. mental health awareness. Yeah. Unbelievable guy. And he's going to be coming on the podcast in the new year. Um, and I can't wait to talk to him about how does it feel to be a drop in the ocean against the mental health stigma that's out there, you know? So it's time for change. It is. And um, I, th I think that I'm a friend can help people to express themselves mm. and by having this um, this um, symbol that says you're a friend, yeah. straight away, our experience, and I'm talking about dealing with with, uh, with youth groups, they, they will come back up and they're very, they're, they're wonderful the way they will express themselves to you once you have motivated them and taken them into a space where they're right. starting to think for themselves. And mm. I don't need to let this happen to me. And it's not that difficult to stop it. It's not as difficult to stop bad behavior towards me as I thought it was. And right. I'm a friend will help me. And what happens is that they start to be inspired by what they're believing. They walk taller. Mm. When you walk taller, it makes you feel good in your heart. Mm. And we all know that when you experience mental difficulties, it's because of what you feel in your heart. Yeah. And when you feel down, and again, I'll go back to self-motivation. You need to, to go into a space where you start to realize your own self-worth. Mm. And sometimes your self-worth cannot be expressed by you believing that people do not want to hear your contribution. Yeah. Big, big mistake. Make your contribution known, make it felt, you have an opinion, and always remember that your opinion is sometimes far more relevant than opinions you might be taking in from somebody else. Yes, yes I absolutely agree, and I would wager, you know, I've spoken on this podcast a lot about sitting with uncomfortable feelings, sitting with discomfort, and the benefits of that, you know, pushing yourself through a challenge um, where you feel that you may not succeed the way you want to 
and what you're describing there is feeling the fear and doing it anyway. Yes. So you can't wait until that time where there is no fear because yes. true yes. growth only comes on the, the other side of fear. Just like a flower budding, you have to break through yourself. Yeah. And if you don't, you should never be inhibited mm. by what you believe somebody else's perception of you is. Mm. Because somebody else's perception of you may not be the correct one. They could be very much an admirer of yours. And I think that inspiration has to come from within. Yeah. And the confidence to drive that forward is about you standing up and saying, I'm a friend. And it's something that will define us mm. because it's what we want to live up to. Yes. And we like to say, such a person is a friend of mine. Mm. What you must realize is the other person is saying that perhaps it is a great privilege for them to have you as a friend, yeah. but you don't want to see that. And oftentimes, and I, I regularly say when I'm doing talks to people, we're all very reluctant to hold ourselves up in front of the mirror mm. and admire what's in us. We would prefer to hold ourselves up and say, oh, well, I'm not able to live up to this, that yeah. or the other, and such a person is better than me. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right. Somebody, uh, Tiger Woods could be a better golfer than you. But he mightn't be a better dad. He mightn't be a better friend. He mightn't be a better neighbour. Definitely not a better partner. Uh, but there's lots of women would like to have him as a partner because he's a lot of money. <laughs> He'd be far more attractive. He'd be a far more attractive proposition than Charlie yeah, Wynn. He's the most hole in, holes in one ever. I think involved, doesn't he? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. A couple of quotes uh, sprung to mind when you were talking just there, Charlie, and I, I interviewed a really amazing um, woman last week called Erin Brown, and she came up with this little nugget, and she said to me, she has a huge followership on Facebook and has built this up over time, and she's a women's rights advocate, and she's all about strength and power and, you know, everything you're talking about right now, um, and she said she takes nothing personally. Negative or positive. Yes. I thought that was amazing. Yeah. But I think that's so correct. It's amazing. And, and you know that if I don't live my life that way at the moment, yeah. I would never have let I'm a friend see the light of day. Right. Because I know that, I, that I'm putting myself out there for people to sit in judgment of me. And they say, who is that gobshite to think that he can tell people to be friends right. and to behave in a particular way when they would probably see me as uh, without knowing me. Yeah. They would see me as something that I'm not. And yeah. one of the things that I am that I'm proud of is that I'm a good friend to my friends and I would like people to realise that they matter. Mm. And they matter to other people as well as to me. And to yourself. Yes. Yes. But I love that idea that Aaron came up with as well of not taking anything personally positive. Mm. You know, so what you the point she was trying to make, and I'm doing it a lot of my own therapy at the moment, is not to have your own self-worth in those compliments. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, your own self-worth has to be yours and yours alone. Yes. And if it's not at a place where you want it to be, you got to sit with the discomfort and get through it yourself. So remember we talked, we spoke earlier about all these people coming up and saying that you're the inspiration. Take it, process it, leave it. The yeah. same way that you take the criticism, yeah. process it and leave it because we stand alone, we walk alone and we connect. Yeah. 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 Well, um, no, I love I love the, the the opportunity to talk to young people, and they, I find they are inspirational, mm. and uh, their lives is not as complicated as adults because mm. they don't have to deal with all of the the things adults do, like the mortgages and the insurance and the house and all the things that adults deal with. Yeah. But at the same time, they're subjected to more. Uh, technology and technology is such a wonderful thing mm. but so much of it is used in the wrong way yeah that they're subjected to that so now they're living in and like if, if you were to take say the subject of self-harm mm. uh, I remember as a young man whenever somebody would take their own lives you could anybody could do out a, a profile for them more than likely they were male more than likely they were living out in the sticks yeah. They, were, they, they probably had a little small holding. They didn't have a wife or children or anybody to love and care for them. And they did, they did what they did out of despair. Mm. And yet, when we look at the, the age profile of the 17 people that took their lives in Cork, 
uh, two weeks ago. The oldest was a lady of 44 years of age. Mm. And uh, the rest of them were all seemed to be mainly male yeah. and students. And that, that pressure that is coming on them, which is very, very unfortunate, is that it's coming from the times we live in, yeah. technology, cyberbullying, yeah. and bullying in all its forms, bullying by exclusion. Yeah. And you see, if you don't have the biggest and best iPad, mobile phone, or iPhone, yeah. the latest technology, you get left behind even by your friends. Yeah. And that's bullying by exclusion. Mm. And that, that's a crazy, crazy situation. And it's, and it's, the, it's very, very prevalent. Yeah. You know, and that's mental torture. And I'd just like to, just taking that on to the next step. The big thing about bullying when it's occurring is that people never take into account the collateral damage. That the bullying is doing yeah especially in young people in young people their parents and grandparents is worried about them because they're being subjected to this behavior yeah and i never want to talk about bullies i want to talk about bullying behavior i don't want to brand people as bullies mm. because if you do that that defines them as perhaps, the problem then. yeah exactly but what we can talk about is bullying behavior and who is capable of bullying behavior and again, I would say, let us all hold ourselves up to the mirror. Yeah. And we would say that we are. We don't get our way. And I observe uh, young, young children as, as young as two years of age. If they don't get their way, they throw a strop. And people say, where did they learn that? They learned that in the <laughs> development of the mind. Well, their own mind developing. They know if I can have it and if I kick up, I get it. Well, I've just come off uh, my first full night of babysitting my two nephews. One is aged one and one is aged three. So I can certainly uh, hold the mirror up to myself <laughs> after yeah. that experience yeah. Yeah. of uh, the three-year-old and the one-year-old yeah. not getting their way. I, I yeah. find that really interesting. They didn't nick it yeah. off the ground, essentially, because yes. 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 it's in all of us. Yes. And I love that idea, Charlie, about um, moving away from the label of the bully yeah. and identifying the behavior, the bullying behavior, yes. because just like we all have our dark side, yes. just like we all have our, you know, our street side, our house side, or, you know, how we present ourselves to the world and how we are by ourselves are two completely different things. But it also, what it gives me is a, a large amount of hope for the people who are engaged to a large extent in bullying behavior. Yes. yes. The one, if there was one good reason to discontinue bullying behavior. If you take somebody that you might be exercising that on, might be a colleague at work or somebody that really pisses you off mm. and you you target them on a regular basis. Yeah. And if you were to just ask yourself, how would I feel if I didn't do that to that person? And the amazing thing about it is that what you get back is miles miles better than anything you would ever get from how you feel when you bully somebody and an interesting statistic and i always like to stay well away from statistics on on bullying but i will throw one to you in the workplace it's not hard to believe that only eight percent of bullying is witnessed by a third party eight eight percent unbelievable 92% of bullying that goes on in the work workplace is never witnessed by a third party and the reason for that is that the perpetrator knows that this behavior is not acceptable yes. it's not right and I'm not proud of it mm. because if we if he was proud of it or they were proud of it we would have an Olympics on bullying and yeah. people would be delighted yeah. to be crowned the best bully in the world but no it's behavior that we're ashamed of or we might have a, a bully as US president that could know. no that, that could that's I couldn't exactly, imagine that happening no, no, I couldn't imagine crazy. nobody would vote for somebody it like that mental, wouldn't it? yeah I'll tell you what it does do it makes us very very proud of, as a nation of our president yes oh. Mickey D yes yeah I'm actually very, a thought just occurred to me there. I'm sure you're very conscious of, you know, what the recent events in the States and um, there seems to be a movement towards the right across the world in politics. 
part of which would be associated with, I guess, bullying behaviour, wouldn't it? it absolutely. Um, it what, are, what are your thoughts on what's happening across the world at the moment? Well... Not to, not to be too broad. Yeah, but <laughs> uh, it, it seems like the, the, the people who felt they didn't have a voice are expressing their revolt by way of voting for people who are taking them down a road that the fair-minded people would never, ever imagine yeah. being taken. And they're being taken there. And the strange thing about it is that when you analyse that, actually the reason that they're going down that road is because they have been bullied themselves, mm. that they're, they're kicking back, they're yeah. saying enough is enough. And it's very hard, if you like, and we had it in our political system here, where we were telling people to tighten their belts while we were sending people on a, on a jet plane to, to uh, France to pick up Charvet shirts. Now, I don't know what a, one of those shirts would look like. I don't own one, and maybe somebody might, somebody might want to give me one one day. But <laughs> when you tell people that they cannot have yeah. and, and you suppress them, if you like, someday, sooner or later, they would they, they could yeah and they might go out and vote for somebody for president that would be a bully yeah it's interesting and it's it's obviously it's in process at the moment so we have to see how it's going to play out i right. know le pen's probably going to get in in france yes. and there's a few other um right wing parties making gains all over the world yeah. but it just occurred to me well, that the brexit what, what, the brexit was part of that really yes you know and then and, yeah. and the strange thing about the brexit thing was that the people who who campaigned for it yeah. when, when they won they wanted to walk away from it, saying it's not to do with us, mm. you know. They never expected to get the result, and I'm not sure if if uh, uh, Donald Trump would probably prefer not to be president at this stage now. Probably no. not. Probably not. So, Charlie, we talked um, before we came on air, and you, you you said that you wanted to to speak on the world of entrepreneurship. Um. How does that fit in with I'm a Friend and, and the whole initiative that you've set up? Well, I think myself, if you look, we, we are, a, are a, world, a country that punches above its weight. We, yeah. have, we have some of the greatest people in the world in their own fields. Mm. Uh, they're way ahead of the game in technology and all the rest. I also think that the people who admire those for doing that need to realize themselves that entrepreneurship is in us all. Yeah. Creative thinking is within us all. And that if anybody gets up in the morning and thinks that creative thinking is something that I need to admire in somebody else and not in myself, yeah. are not seeing what it is that's within them and when they come along and they think, well, I need somebody to provide this for me, I need somebody to do this for me, there is nothing succeeds like somebody that has a willingness to just get out and do it. Yeah. And I remember somebody, and it was to do with it, it was in a farming context a long time ago. I, I worked with for an inspirational man who died a few years ago. And he told me, Mick was his name most wonderful, inspiring person you could ever meet. And every other day of the week, he would give you a golden nugget. But one of the golden nuggets he gave me was, he said, do you know if you don't want to do something? He says, a cobweb is capable of stopping you. And on the other hand, if you did want to do it, barbed wire would not stop you. And that's something that we have to realize when it comes to entrepreneurship, mm. when it comes to uh, creating something for ourselves, doing something for ourselves. It is just to have the self-belief because you don't know whether you can walk on water or not until you actually try. Yeah, yeah. And for all the people who are listening to this week's episode of the Dankyal Wellness Project podcast, Charlie, what do you think... What would be your best piece of advice for someone to find their entrepreneurship? How, how do people find that in themselves? Well, I, I think, and I'm going back to what I said earlier, stop thinking about others judging what it is you're doing. Self-belief. Self-belief is the greatest motivator yeah. you can ever have. Don't look to somebody else to pat you on the back and tell you how wonderful you are. Yeah. Because if you do that, 
you're going to wait until somebody else pats you on the back yeah. to tell you that you're not worthy, you're not capable. Don't go there. Yeah. Pack it in. Yeah, and it's come up actually a lot in different guises. Now we're talking about entrepreneurship, but this idea of, you know, increasing your wellness, improving your life, making deeper connections in your life, doing X, Y, or Z to make you happier has come up in every episode. And as well as what you said there about not focusing any of your attention on what other people think of you, because it's none of your business either way, right. you know? Um, the other thing is, you have to take action. Yes. You have to just feckin' do something, lads. Go for it. Do you know what I mean? Go for it. Like, I've, I've been through a pretty difficult month, and a lot of people who follow my page on the podcast know that I've uh, been, through, been through a loss in my life and having a difficult time. Um, but I know that unless I do something, especially when I don't feel like it. Yes, yes. Nothing's going to change. That's what defines you. Yeah. And that is what brings on the admiration of others mm. to you. That is why you're worthy, because mm. you just go and do it. Mm. Poor me mm-hmm. never works very well. No. Poor me. And I tell even, you what, it wears said, thin. The way you said that, you know. It wears thin. And yeah. People don't want to be around you. And there's nothing that will inspire you more than somebody who themselves is inspired. Yeah, absolutely. But we prefer to look to somebody who has done nothing, achieved nothing. And I don't mean that as a criticism of others. Maybe they feel that they have achieved what they want to achieve. Yeah. But if you want to be inspired, mm. look within yourself because you've got every tool needed. You've got every ounce in your being to drive the success of what it is you believe. Because you are now being creative. Your mind is opened up to making a worthwhile contribution within your own life. Because if you think you have to be a global inspiration, I think that's a bridge too far. But for now, for somebody who hasn't done something and they feel that they'd like to have done it, go back into the well, pick it out of it, go for it. Because I'll tell you what, it'll make you feel good. And at the end of the day, with your own mental wellness, there's nothing more important than inspiring yourself because that's what will float your boat. Absolutely. And you have to be, as you said earlier, you have to be your motivator. But you also, you have to take action. I keep coming back to this in my mind. It doesn't have to be massive, as Tony Robbins would say, you know, massive action. It's the one It's the first step. It's the first step. It's that one step. Yeah. And I get it, guys. I get it when you're feeling demotivated, when you're feeling... What's the point when you're feeling, why do I bother? I get it. As Charlie said there, poor me. Like even the way you said it there, you went straight into that. You know, the use of language is so important. You nearly have to push everything out of your mind, take the action, be your own motivator, you know? Somebody told me one time that if you got up in the morning and you said, you know, I think I have a bit of a headache, Mm. uh, it will get worse before it gets better. Mm. And there actually mightn't have been any headache there at all. Yeah, yeah. It's it's you're conditioning your mind, and especially if there's something you don't want to do. Mm. If there's something you don't want to do, the first mm. thing you do is you're looking for you're looking for the cobwebs that's going to yeah. stop you. Yeah. And if you want to do it, the barbed wire won't stop you. The barbed wire is not <laughs> in my way. Well, listen on the f- in the f- in a in a new departure for the Dan Kill Wellness Project podcast, I'm going to bring in a guest host right now who's going to ask charlie a question and that guest host i'm pleased to announce is my mother miss mary kyo ma'am come on over because i know you've been sitting and watching and listening <coughs> and, you've, and you've got plenty of ideas well it's about... not my it's a, it's really i wanted to, i wanted charlie's opinion on well, sit an idea there, ma'am. i do have you sit into the host chair there oh, Listening to what you've been saying there about self-motivation and, and self-belief, I have, and I'm sure it's not my theory, but I do have a theory I hold dearly, having had experience of dealing with people who've been bullied. And I do, my experience has been that anybody who has been bullied, which, and a lot of people have been, they, because of the bullying, go into a victim mode. Yes. So my approach in from a counselling perspective would be to bring that person out of the victim mode and into the survivor mode. 
Yes. And, yes. and that involves the process of reframing the whole experience. In other words, um, realising first and foremost that the bullying that they experienced was not their fault. The shame they feel mm. because they experienced is not appropriate to what happened because the shame belongs somewhere else. Mm. And the more you continue having those feelings, the more the bully still has power over you. So there are ways to, do, to help yeah. a person who's been bullied to actually reframe it yeah. so that they then don't see themselves as victims. Yeah. And then they don't have that body language of poor me. They yes. have that pride yes. of, you know, damn, that, that yeah. bully's not going to continue yeah. to do yeah. what they did to me five years ago. And do you know that, the survivor. And do you know that, that what you're saying there is so relevant within the whole world of cyberbullying. Mm. The cyberbully can only exercise the, that despicable behavior on another mm. only when they can monitor it, only yeah. when they can connect into them to see how is this affecting them, yeah. why are they being so, so, so down in themselves because of the nasty messages I'm sending them. So now I need to send more because I want to drive them more underground. Yeah. I want to I want them withdrawn from society. I don't like them because of any, it could be any reason. They're better looking. They have nicer hair. They have nicer clothes. They have a nicer car. A nicer house. They have nicer. There's something. It's literally it, never ends. It never yeah, ends. There's there's, there's such a but the one thing that the bully does never ever want to see from their victim is them having pride, having walking taller having shirked it off and said, I'm not going to say poor me, and I'm not going to let the bully win. N stopping the bully sometimes is as simple as sending out a message that I'm okay. And if, I think that's a key element of ending the, the, the terrible spiral of, of negativity around bullying. If somebody who is being bullied and they're, they're helped in the current situation mm. that they, they can actually prevent that victim mentality yes and make them see yes but it has to be done in in a currently in a yeah. current situation where the person is actively being bullied because yeah. once that once the bullying has had its effect of bringing the person down and creating yes. the shame and the embarrassment and they don't they would never want to talk about it yeah. no then. That's what causes the long-term effect, and this they become nearly, they do become victims, and unfortunately, because they have this, even their body language, they look, you know, frightened. And if there are other bullies out there in their lives, you know, as life, their life goes on, they're the perfect victim. So it needs to be got at very be, early yes, on, it and it can be a huge yeah. life lesson. Yes. For, yes. for any young person's yes. future. The day, the day that you look at the bully, and I won't say the bully, the bullying behaviour, yeah. yeah. when you look at the yeah. bullying behaviour coming from somebody else, when you look up to the person that is doing that, or you think they're better than you, or there's something about them that makes them better, or perhaps I should admire them for any reason, you need to disconnect from that way of thinking, mm -hmm. because it's the other person that has the problem. And once you don't allow yourself to have the problem from their behaviour, they are not winning and, and they are not happy. And that's where your organisation, from what I understand, can play a huge role. Yes. Because it can actually be brought into schools yeah. where yeah. a lot of bullying happens in group situations. Yeah. Yeah. Not only in schools, but from, for people who are very young, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. In school situations, yeah. um, they have free reign. Yeah. They go into groups. There's the cool yeah. group. There's the, yeah. the the nerdy group. Yeah. There's the you know, sporty, the sporty, sporty yes. whatever. Yeah. There's all, and these groups vie then for yeah. you know popularity basically. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I think your message comes in there as yeah. as a, a part of a curriculum, which and there is one exists, um, SPHA Social Personal Health Education. And if that could be... But Charlie's message needs to be at the, at the core of that. But yes. it is at the core of it. Mm. But it's not identified No, as Charlie's message, I'm a friend, yeah, would be well, very useful at the core that's of That's what I'm saying. Yes, that yeah. Because that situation is, is there nearly in every school, 
um, your message, if it was included, open, I am a friend, and the, and the symbolization of it, if that was seen to be a core part of that program that still exists. Yeah. That, that actually exists. Yeah. Well, instead of brushing it aside yes. and under the carpet yeah. and we yeah, don't yeah. deal with that. And, yeah. Know. Well, I said earlier on, Dan, that I didn't want to talk about statistics because they become very boring. And anybody go to the internet; you can get all the statistics you could ever want. Yeah. But there's one that's worth pointing out, and it's this: that on September 11th, on that singular day. 2,763 people lost their lives. Yeah. And the World Health Organization tells us that in 2015, every single day, 365 days of that year, eight people more than that lost their lives through suicide. And if you take the next statistic and attach it to that, if bullying contributes 84% to self-harm, if bullying was a disease, we would throw billions and billions of pounds at trying to get a solution to the problem. Yeah. But I think that what has happened to us as a society right around the world, I think, it is that we've become accepting of bullying we've become an acceptance of its its consequences yeah and i'm not sure that i can or i have any right to say that it's now time to stop but people who believe in the i'm a friend message and embrace it i'm a friend becomes your i'm a friend yeah. it's not belong to an organization yeah. it's belong to you it, it's a it, mindset it's a mindset and it rep if it represents your core values mm. and mind you if it's a thing that within us all we're going to exercise bullying behavior, perhaps embracing I'm a friend could cause us to just think for a second and say, that's not for me. And when, when we do that, it's about self-preservation. It's about making us feel better about ourselves. Yeah. And like I said, if you behave and exercise bad behavior towards others, how do you ever expect to get the respect and the dignity that you deserve. Yeah. So in a way, it's self-awareness in general. I keep harping back to young people because yeah. I think they, they see what adults do. Yeah. Basic, that's their basic yeah. uh, mode yeah. of learning. Yeah. So if you can reach young people and let them know that there is another way. Uh, there was a YouTube video I saw recently um, and it was beautiful. And I do believe, going back to what you were saying earlier, about how we love to love. We get more of what you said about you take more, more out of yes. giving yes. and seeing yes. good things yes. than we do yes. out of bullying, feeling a sense of power, false power that yeah. they might feel. Yeah. It was about mm. a, a child who had um, cerebral palsy. Did you yeah. see it? Yeah. And the, the school class was running a race. Mm. And oh, beautiful and this chap was so determined he couldn't run properly but he was so determined to get through all he wanted to do was get through the race not win yes. it yeah. but he was struggled. he struggled yeah. and struggled and his poor legs were bent yeah. and the race started and proceeded but it was becoming obvious that he was going he was further and further behind everybody else so the coach ran out onto the track and ran no he ran with him he ran yes. with him and then all the rest of the children stopped yes. Yes. and they all came back uh, and they ran with him yes. and brought him over the finish line yeah. and to me that was just mm -hmm. and it's what we all yeah. long for it's, it's why yeah, you know yeah, it is it yeah, might yeah, sound yeah. utopian and it might yeah. sound yeah. you know unrealistic but i do think there's such a hunger out there for, for well, I, there's a little story I'd love to tell you yeah. because I, I had I presented to ladybirds 64 of them in one class and they were five years of age and <laughs> I, I, I did deal with the, the scouts and Freud and yeah. primary schools and secondary schools and all of that but my sister invited me to speak to because she's involved with an age active group yeah. And there was uh, 21 
ladies in it, all ladies, and the youngest was 71, and the oldest was 93. And I thought, no, two minutes is all I'm going to get to do here. And, and it re I really want to tell my sister, go away, because I'm never going to be able to manage to talk to people, and, and they get the I'm a friend message. And uh, I was told that I could talk for 15 or 20 minutes and that and that's no bother to me to you talk for that talk. length but I wasn't sure I was going to make sense yeah I wasn't sure that the audience wasn't going to want to kick me out the door but <laughs> one hour and 10 minutes later oh my god every single one of them got it because what I talked about was their personal attitude to others yes to young people that were going to be caring for them some of them were living with their daughters, their daughter-in-laws and all of that. And I talked to them about their behavior. Like because you grow older, as I have done, it doesn't give you a right to behave badly towards another. This thing of age arrogance mm. doesn't wash. It is no place. We have to show a caring side of ourselves in order for others to care for us. Yeah. And when I told, said that to them right at the start, and I said to them, I said, you need to take into account that I'm of your age profile. They got it. And the amazing thing about it was, when they were coming up to me after, they were saying, it was explained to them in a way yeah. that was put them on, you know, like that they, yeah. they would need to address some of the things that would be happening within their own lives. Of course. Do you know what I mean? That perhaps maybe they mightn't be, they might feel, well, this house is my house and now I have a daughter-in-law in it and whatever. But the one thing that, was at the core of what I, the message I was giving them. What you transmit is so important and all you've got to do once you transmit the right thing is enjoy what comes back. It all, it, this is very clear to me in my mind at the moment and it all for me comes back to the subjectivity of wellness, of being the best people that we can be. We have to be the change that we want to see in the world and god that is an overused phrase and I, I hate even saying it because i my brain is just saying cliche 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 but what my mom just referred to there as it may be utopian i think it has to be our baseline expectation yes yeah, that's well and that's said. why we are sitting here having this discussion i think that's the idea of a utopia and you know a perfect a perfect society nobody's saying that you're a bully, you're not a bully. We're talking here about everybody having the potential yes. to exhibit either non-bullying behaviour or bullying behaviour. Yeah, because life will always throw you curveballs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's how, how you actually deal with that or, or people you have around you who help you deal so with it. So this is exactly what I'm trying to say. Everybody who's listening to episode 24 of the Dan Kyo, sorry, episode 25, the quarter century, of the Dankyo Wellness Project podcast needs to realise, and I realise it as well, and so does my mom and so does Charlie, it comes back to personal responsibility and choice. And yes. realising that we are imperfect, yes. we all have tendencies towards that bullying behaviour. Yes. But if you can catch yourself yes. when the inclination comes and do something about it, remedy it, build your awareness then you are contributing to the wonderful message of I am a friend. And I have two more questions because we are running out of time. And these are very That's important good. questions. At 66 years of age, yes, you're dead right. I probably am. <laughs> yeah, so my first question, Charlie, is if you, and my mom asked you this before we came on air here, is if you had a looking glass into the future and you see a perfect utopia where I'm a friend had reached all the goals that you have for it now. What would that look like? Uh, it, it, no holes it, barred it, now. Go crazy. It would be absolutely fantastic to, to imagine a world where you could go to work, you could be within your own home, you could be maybe in a nursing home, in a hospital, wherever you go, that people will exercise the same behavior on you as you exhume because this thing of thinking that we have a right we actually don't and it's if it's a thing we put out there the best we can be as you said Dan the best we can be and if we do that 
it becomes inspiring for us to do other things, to be more creative because a nastiness and having, like I just done an exercise quite recently there with, with a young man who is our, and I'll, I'll name him because we're so proud of having him uh, on our team and it's John Dunnikin. And I had John do a little project for me from his perspective, what price would you pay for being a bully? And he came back with some things that would, that if, if bullying behavior, if people understood bullying mm. behavior and how it impacts on them, they pay an awful high price. Mm. Bullying behavior is not acceptable for either the, 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 the perpetrator, mm. and it certainly isn't yeah. for the victim. Mm. And I think it's that, just the growth, I uh, yes, and I think that if we, if we can if we can harness this thing of our message being. If you're exercising bullying behavior and you change that, just put yourself up in front of the mirror again and again and again and see how it makes you feel and see how that behavior will bring you down mm. maybe an awful lot further than who you're exercising it on. Because you I, I, along with that, I would agree. I also think that bullying behavior is exhibited by the person as a defense mechanism. It's what they. It's how they've learned how to cope yeah. through their early early years. It's one yeah. one way of learning, and very often it was successful. But there becomes a time in life when it's no longer it's appropriate. Time to park it. But it yeah. never was appropriate. Yes, it's yeah. time to park it. Working yeah. yes. because if it do, if, you, if if you don't stop the particular behaviour, it just stunts your growth, and you don't yeah. grow into the person, the real best person you can be yourself. Yeah. And you know when the best time to do that? It's like giving up smoking or doing anything worthwhile in life. The best time to start is now. Yeah. Absolutely, it's and, and, and and if it becomes habit forming for you to behave well towards others all the time not just the people you like Think of the joy you have in your life. All you, yeah all you got to do is somebody you don't like and there is people we don't love everybody but if there's somebody you don't like you can actually be a friend to them by not including yeah. them in bullying behavior because bullying yeah. behavior it, it, you don't have a right to exercise that yeah. and the greatest tribute you can pay somebody you don't like is to leave them alone that's just all they want from respect. you. Do you know what you're reminding me of now at the moment? And it's very apt in terms of the month of the year. Scrooge. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> it was story. all going so well. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, know the story of Scrooge. <laughs> <laughs> and it yeah. came good in the end. I'm not happy ever after. Yeah. So I've now, the last <laughs> question, Charlie, before we wrap up. And thanks, everybody, for listening to this week's episode of the Dankiel Wellness Project podcast. If you have been affected by any of the issues that we've discussed this week, I'm going to include some information of people you can call in the bio of the podcast. But I do have one question for Charlie before we finish, and it's the one that I ask in every single episode. Most of my subscribers will know exactly what I'm going to say to Charlie now. But Charlie Wynn, what does wellness mean to you? Uh, wellness is obviously a way of coping with your darkest times and in order to do that to cope with your darkest times you've got to fill your head with what's good about yourself and sometimes what's good about yourself it becomes more difficult for you to reach in and find it in yourself but it's something that is obvious to others and that is your kindness your your spirit what you give to others it's never about your real qualities is never about what you're doing for yourself your real qualities is about giving and as soon as you give the pride it puts in your heart and giving what is giving if you don't have anything there is no such thing as not having anything if you give a word of kindness to somebody like well done i admire you for that that's fantastic that's brilliant i couldn't have done that and you're going to be fine that's wellness and that I like to give out to others. Maybe I'm not the best role model in the world, but self-wellness is about what I transmit because when you transmit that, what you get back, even if it is from somebody who is a critic of you for whatever reason they want to criticize you, actually your armor gets stronger, gets tougher, and your dear opinion does not matter 
like the opinions of people that you support and help. That's fantastic. Well, I have to say to you that you're an unbelievably amazing role model to me. And Charlie is doing the Irish thing of trying to avoid the compliment here. I'll, I'll give that to him. Um, but I just want to say a massive thanks to you for your time. If you do want to learn more about the I'm a Friend initiative, go to www.imafriend.com. That's www.imafriend.com. All of the information will be on the uh, website there from Charlie and I will include all the information in the bio as well. I'd also like to thank my co-host and Mammy Marie Kyo for her input into today's podcast. I've been trying to get her onto a podcast since April so uh, unbeknownst to her she is now going to be a, an internet superstar and a future co-host and guest of the Dan Kyo Wellness Project podcast. She has uh, taught me everything I know and I love her very much. So guys thanks a million for um, tuning in this week. It's a fairly difficult topic but i feel full of hope right now and i hope you do too if you want to get in touch with me you know where i am dan Kiel wellness project on facebook you can also get me at dan Kiel wellness project at gmail.com thanks guys looking forward to chatting with you during the week and i'll see you next week